Planning a summer break? Experience the best of Ireland inside and out at Clayton Hotels with nationwide destinations you can soak up amazing coastline views. Then soak in the atmosphere in our welcoming bars and spacious lounges. Squeeze in local attractions then stretch out in our big family rooms. Enjoy endless adventures followed by meals made to thrill Delicious. and heavenly moments alongside real luxury. For the best rates, always book on ClaytonHotels.com. I'm Rod Sterling. You're listening to The Zero Hour. Rest your eyes. Open your mind. Exercise your imagination. This week, Bill S. Ballinger's study of a deadly obsession. Fourth of forever. Starring John Dater. And Susan Oliver. In Elliot Lewis's production of... The Zero Hour. Mutual Broadcasting System presents The Zero Hour. Sponsored in part by Ford Motor Company, Wrigley Gum, and Sinoff. This is The Zero Hour on Mutual Radio. This week, a story of numbers. One man, one woman, and the desperation of their individual single desires. James Marius, freewheeler, habitual gambler, chronic loser. Lou Jackson, mysterious, feline, alluring. Two people among millions who meet in the sprawling metropolitan basin that is Los Angeles, California. A chance meeting with the odds of locked in to murder. First, a proposition to follow a man and his money for the purpose of separating the two. Second, a guarantee of favorable circumstance and lucrative just rewards. Third, a choice to share the profit or split the loss. Fourth of forever will begin following this word. Thank you. 
Picture this. A little used airstrip in a mountainous part of Mexico. Nothing more than a few hundred feet of cleared land. Enough for a skilled pilot to set down a small plane on. A handful of men flanked the runway, their eyes to the sky. A small two-engine plane. And one man alone in the cockpit. With one of the two engines missing, my old plane was wavering in the still air. I felt her tremble through the stick in my hands as I circled over the landing strip of that miserable, desolate little field. What really worried me was the cargo. The heavy drilling machines lashed in the plane just behind my neck. I cursed myself for taking the contract to deliver the stuff in the first place. Money can force a man to do a lot of things against his will. A lack of money can make him do even more. The machinery was still lashed tight, and I had to get down fast. It was now or never. I went in. The plane was overloaded. The old undercarriage couldn't take it. It went. And then a wing dug, furrowed into the ground. And over she somersaulted with the cargo tearing free, and all hell broke loose. Incendio was right. The whole plane was a ball of fire. And inside, I was hanging head down, suspended by my safety belt. Those Mexicans were brave men. They got through the shattered window of the cockpit, clawing through the tangle of wire, choking with the smoke, burning themselves. But they got me out, pulled me through the window, and I got cut bad on the broken glass. But at least I was able to walk away from the plane under my own power. Far enough away before the old crate blew. And that was that. The last of my plane. The last of my money. The last of my plans for my own air cargo line. The last of my hopes. Or so I thought. I was despairing. A condition refueled constantly through my hours of fitful sleep. I replayed that horrible event over and over in my dreams for years after. It followed me back to Hollywood, into the cheap apartments where I lived, and right into the bars where I tried to drown the memory, but didn't succeed. Drinking didn't help, regardless of how much I drank or how drunk I got. Like the night I came staggering out of Pierno Place, a joint on Sunset Strip, the car jock gunned my old sports car up to the curb. Evening, Mr. Marius. Uh, you feel okay to drive? I feel great. Yeah. Hey, something new has been added. Since you was a friend of yours, I just wanted to wait in your car. I've been waiting a long time. Good evening, James. She smiled at me from where she lounged down and back in the passenger seat. A slow, easy smile showing small, white teeth, a casual curving of her lips like a cat's. Her hair was silver gilt and edged with indigo from the neon side outside Perno Place. I put the car in gear and moved out into the stream of traffic. You're going in the wrong direction. Wrong direction from where? Uh, it's not important. It's the point exactly. Once I get to wherever I'm going, I haven't been in your place. I don't know you. I know you. This is a gag. Who put you up to it? My own idea. I'll drive you to the Roosevelt. You can get a cab there. I'm not ready to take a cab. 
I picked you up. Not for the reason you're probably thinking. Not thinking much of anything right now. Except it's after two. I had a date at ten. It was a little late. You don't want to keep it. Uh, if you do, you're going to disappoint me. <laughs> Look what I brought. Bottle of champagne and one of brandy. I hope you can help me drink it. Hey, look, I live here. I have for quite a while. I'm no sucker for a setup. You don't have enough money to make setting you up, as you put it, worthwhile. I've been to a lot of trouble finding you, Marius. Come on. Let's be pleasant and celebrate my success. Please? Why'd you try to find me? Because I think you're the kind of a man I'd like to know. That's not a reason. That's a lie. That's the truth. Hey, don't look so suspicious. I am suspicious. A girl who looks like you doesn't usually just appear in a parking lot. It almost be a compliment. What's your name? Lucille Jackson. My friends call me Lou. Now that we've been introduced, where shall we go to have our drinks? My place or yours? Mine. You're suspicious. Yes. All right. Well, go to yours. I swung the car off Sunset Boulevard in La Brea and cut up Franklin, turned on Highland and headed north toward the Hollywood Bowl. Just before the bowl, I pulled into the drive of the old Mediterranean Spanish-style apartment building where I lived. I parked in the back. She brought the paper bag of bottles. And we entered the patio from the rear archway and walked along the side of a pool to my door at the far end. Inside, I turned on the light. And for the first time, I really saw her. Very tall, slender, with a centuries-old, eternally mysterious smile of feminine knowledge, wisdom, amusement on her lips... She wore black pants and a black silk blouse. A black cat. I'll open the brandy while you uncork the champagne. Here are the glasses. Lou Jackson. Sounds like every name I've ever heard. Should I know it? The reason you should? Let's drink a toast. It's your liquor. What'll it be? To your luck, James Marius. It's going to change. I'll drink to that. What do you know about my luck? It hasn't been good. But at least you've been willing to try. Have I? Mm-hmm. That's one reason I like you. To what do I owe this honor? Why should you pick on me? Well, one night I saw you at a party. What party? It isn't important. You didn't see me. Uh, you were even more drunk than you are now. I asked who you were and uh, found out. And so you couldn't resist me. You're putting me on. I don't believe it. Here I am. Yeah, maybe. Well, I'm going to bed now. That's an invitation. I accept. <laughs> For a car that's easy on gas, easy to buy, and yet has the luxury you want in a car? Look what we've done to our Mustang. Look what we've done to that car. Well, we changed the size, 
Mustang II. It's the all-new economical car from Ford. The right car at the right time. Built even smaller than the original Mustang. It has an easy-on-the-gas four-cylinder engine, rack and pinion steering, tachometer, four-speed transmission, plus a beautifully appointed interior. All standard. Luxury plus economy. That's Mustang II. Mustang 2, $28.95, excluding dealer prep, destination charges, title, and taxes. See your local Ford dealer. When I woke up, the room was bright. It had to be noon or later. I had an awful hangover. It took me a few minutes to remember the night before and Lou Jackson. I saw the empty bottles. They were there, but she was gone. And what else? I groped my way over to my clothes, heaped in a pile on a chair, and went through my trousers. My billfold was missing. I'd been taken, like a naive chump at a convention. It made me sick. Sicker than I was to realize I'd lost my money, driver's license, everything. Everything but credit cards. I didn't own any. Hello. Hello, James. This is Lou. Surprised? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't expect to hear from you again. You missed your billfold? Some time ago. I have it. I guess then. I called to tell you you could have it back. When I took it, I had no intention of keeping it. Well, why'd you take it? Because I wanted to see you again. I thought you'd drive over to my place and pick it up. Last night, you were so cautious, so suspicious. I wanted to prove that I could have taken your money if that had been my plan. Now, you see, it wasn't, don't you? I can't drive without my license. You think it's too dangerous? I'll be over. Where do you live? Lou gave me her address in a section of Hollywood near Hollywood Boulevard in the Sunset, just east of what used to be the old Columbia Studios. Her apartment was 2C. Come on, guys. To my sober eyes in the flat light of the afternoon, Lou was not so young as I remembered. She was in her 30s, 35 maybe, but still beautiful. More beautiful probably than when she'd been younger. Her hair seemed to change from silver to gold and back to silver again to match the transparent gray of her eyes with their great black pupils. I looked around. The apartment was a typical Hollywood furnished deal, matching drapes and carpet, run-of-the-mill semi-modern furniture. Its only escape from mediocrity was a large oil painting, four feet wide and nearly six feet high, the draped figure of a young woman nude to her waist. Anyone I know? No, I don't know her either. Did it come in the apartment? It belongs to me. Do you like it? Who's it by? A sign D... E-S-T-O. Destel? I think it's Gazzetti. He doesn't write so well as he paints. Anyway, he isn't well known. Like a drink? Margarita? I love him. Yeah, I need something. Be right back. When I sat down in one of the cushioned chairs, I felt something under my hip. It was an envelope, the size and shape of business correspondence, addressed to L. Jackson. The return address was Rothman Associates on Western Avenue in Hollywood. I placed the envelope on the coffee table as Lou came back with the margaritas. Here. First for today. 
Uh, the first? Well, it's still pretty early, but I'll go along. That's my trouble. I always go along. But good. Are you warning me that you're a drunk? Some citizens might say I am. I didn't used to be. You're lovely. And the drinks are good. The apartment is cool and quiet. I should be happy, but I'm not. Why? Because last night you picked me up for a reason. And I can't figure it out. We don't know each other. I know quite a bit about you. Once, you were a good flyer. You crashed, went broke. You tried land speculation, and that folded. What was left, you shot in Vegas. More? Is there? Quite a bit. You owned a piece of the catch, Playgirl, which sank the Transpac race to Hawaii, and finally, strictly for money, you tried a few stunt jobs and pictures. You were nearly killed, but this time you collected some insurance, and that's what you've been living on. Huh. Doesn't sound like much of a success story. Now, if you don't mind, I'll have another drink. Sit. Please. I also know you're 35. Married and divorced once. No, only partly right. I've been married, but not divorced. My wife committed suicide right in the middle of the proceedings. Oh? Did you love her? Oh, here. Thanks. Yes, I loved her. Did she love you? Well, there must have been something she loved more. You've researched me, but you haven't answered my question. Why this interest in me? I'll tell you. Because you're a gambler willing to take a chance. I need a man like that in my life. Uh, no, wait. wait I'm, I'm... You think you're unlucky. Had all the bad breaks. But the truth is, you are lucky. What's happened to you would have killed the average man a couple of times. And next time, you'll strike it. Really big. I know. Believe me, I know. Chewing gum can be fun when the taste is the one that tastes so double good. Double mint will do it. Cause it's double good all through it. Everybody! Double mint, double good, double mint. Chewing gum that tastes double good. Double mint will do it. Sinus flares up. Sometimes your whole face aches. When you need occasional help, get Sinoff tablets, the sinus medicine. Sinoff works with a full dose of pure aspirin for sinus headache, plus a sinus drainer for congestion. That's how Sinoff helps sinus pain while you drain. Help sinus pain while you drain. Take sign off only as directed. S-I-N-E-O-F-F. The sinus medicine in the bright red box. Oh, the times we had. The ordinary little apartment with drawn drapes holding the soft half-light of a marine grotto. Outside the window, the fronds of a palm rustling in the darkness. Was it that night? Or the next or the one following that? Time meant nothing. The telescope so that all the wonderful tomorrows were suddenly now. I had told Lou she was lovely, but I was wrong. She was beautiful. It was all so beautiful. Maybe my luck was changing like she said it would. 
I was falling for her hard. I wanted her. I wanted to know all about her. Tell me, Lou, what are you, what are you doing here? I mean, what do you do? Nothing, just living. My father left me a little money. We get by. You're looking very solemn again. Just thinking. Wish I knew more about you. Ah, uh, is that necessary? <laughs> All women, any woman, will tell you only what she wants you to know. Not deliberately lying, perhaps, but changing things in her memory the, the way she wished they'd happened, or or might have been. So you see, at best, it's not the truth, but only an impression. An impression of herself as she tells it. <laughs> I could tell you that when I was a little girl, there were so many things I wanted and never had. You never married? No. I nearly did once, then I backed out. Who was he? Can't we just drink and be in love and happy to know each other? Does everything have to be put into words and explained and talked away? Let's you and I just be lovers. The days edged into each other, weeks overlapped. But it was always tomorrow. I went back to my own apartment, but Lou and I had built up our lovely routine. She filled my nights as full as... Well, sex and liquor can make an addict of any man, and I didn't escape. And yet, I was always assailed by doubt. Doubt that tonight she would fail to arrive. I was frightened that she might drop out of my life as suddenly as she had appeared. She was under no obligation to me, owed me nothing. Always, however, she did come. I'd take her in my arms, and our night would begin. Tomorrow was another day. But the day finally came when the last of my money ran out. My checking account was empty. The liquor, my apartment, even my car would have to go. Tomorrow, and finally arrived. I couldn't endure the prospect of life without Lou. I couldn't give her up. She had never discussed marriage, never demanded it, but keep her I must, on any terms. Waiting? I'm always waiting. You look so glum. Do I? Well, come on in. Maybe a drink will pick me up. Lou, there's something that I have to tell you. Oh? I'm broke. Except for a few bucks in my pocket, I have nothing in the bank or anyplace else. What are your, your plans? I don't know. Nothing for me around here. I used to have a good friend in Chicago. Perhaps she can line me up a job back there. Have you written to him? No, not yet. I wanted to tell you first. Now, if, if I go back, will you come with me? We'll get married. No. Darling, I... I love you. You must understand that. I don't understand. Then listen. Listen to me for a moment. I do love you. And I would marry you, but I... I won't do it like this. Beaten down, creeping off to Chicago on our knees to live off a handout from a friend. Well, that's better than living on county charity. Is it? Well, what do you suggest? Well, it's not clear to me either. At least, not right now, but it, 
It must involve a lot of money, and it should take brains, or someone else would have done it. There has to be the element of risk. Let me think about it. Somewhere in the back of my mind, there is an idea. Only a passing thought, really. Uh, sit down. We'll talk no, about no. it. Please, look, it's still early. You don't have to go now. Good night, darling. I'll call you tomorrow when I know more. Know more about what? Money, love. Lots of it. At least, all we'd need to be happy together. Please stay. I want you to stay. Afraid I'll leave you because you're broke. No, no, that's not it. Oh, risk it, Marius. It's a good gamble. You can't lose. Tomorrow at this time, rest your eyes and listen here to this week's continuing study in suspense, Fourth of Forever. I'm Rod Serling, and this is The Zero Hour. Today's episode brought to you in part by Ford Motor Company, Wrigley Gum, and Sinoff. This is The Zero Hour on Mutual Radio. been listening to The Zero Hour, a presentation of the Mutual Broadcasting System in association with Hollywood Radio Theater, heard every weekday at this time. Rod Serling is your host. Zero Hour is produced and directed by Elliot Lewis. The Hollywood Radio Theater theme was played by Ferranti and Teicher and is now available on United Artists Records and Tapes. Hugh Douglas speaking. Tune in tomorrow. And once again, rest your eyes and listen here to The Zero. This is the Mutual Broadcasting System.